is Your Working Life, a podcast show that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a career coach and an executive coach. And today I welcome Dr. Erin Albert to the show. Erin, welcome. It's so great to be here. Thank you. You are so welcome, Erin. We've known each other for a long time, and I'm delighted that you're going to be talking about how you've really navigated a non-traditional vocational path, and you've traversed multiple areas of expertise and career sectors, including side hustles and entrepreneurial ventures. So I'm really grateful that you're willing to share your wisdom today. Happy to do so. So let's dive right in, my dear. So many people pursue careers as if they're looking for this lifelong soulmate. And I love those words of yours, but you say we put too much pressure on ourselves to find the dream job when, you know, it could really be a combination of things that help us find fulfillment. And you talk about how this side hustle can really help us emotionally. So can you elaborate on that? What is a side hustle and why might that fill a need? Sure. So a side hustle could be anything that you individually are passionate about. And just like finding that significant other, we put all these hopes and dreams on the significant other on a pedestal. And I think we do that sometimes with our careers as well. So I think it's really important. And I think the opportunity with this new gig economy now is to think about our careers like portfolios. So we're doing more having more side gigs. A side hustle to me could be your own entrepreneurial endeavor on a part-time basis. It could be another job entirely. But I think, you know, not to get too woo-woo, but we're all here for a purpose. Yeah. And that purpose sometimes might not be in our nine to five. And that's okay. I think what's not okay is if we ignore it, you know, check into our job and then completely forget about our life's purpose and what we're here to do. So sometimes that means you have to go create your career and maybe it doesn't exist on paper today. So yeah. that, that, as you know, as a coach and a career coach yourself, Caroline, sometimes that's a lot harder to do than just going to the want ads, pulling out a job and getting a quote unquote, you know, gig and putting all of our career eggs in that one basket. Now, Erin, as a fellow writer, I I read what you write voraciously, and I recommend your resources to my clients because they're really staples in my repertoire. So I thank you for that. And as a coach, you've written about multi-patientals, and I love that term that you've coined. These are people with multiple careers. So is this a trend in your estimation? And because of the gig economy, how do we flex those multiple muscles in a single career? Yeah, so multipatientals was a book and a, a coin term, I guess, for lack of a better one, about people that have multiple careers going on kind of simultaneously. And so I talked to a variety of people and really wanted to understand philosophically why they were doing all these jobs. You know, was it truly income patching to look at it in a detrimental light or was it really feeding their souls their ikey guy they're getting to their passions etc and what i really found was a lot of them really were doing a lot of things because they made all of their part-time side hustles and gigs even better doing them collectively together so for example 
someone who teaches, who has a podcast, who writes a column in a newspaper, that person is taking all of their teaching and learning and making them cyclical, if you will. They're using and adding on to their different gigs based upon different ideas that they're getting in those different spheres, if that makes sense. So multipatientals are these people who really see one plus one equaling three, not just two. And I think in this, you know, freelance gig economy, the fact that the world of work is changing radically, the opportunity lies in creating multipatiental careers. And and you and I can certainly relate to that. Let me just be be candid, and and I I so appreciate you being frank. You are a woman who wears many professional hats, Erin. But tell me about the positive and negatives of that part time entrepreneurial side hustle, because I'm sure a lot of people listening are saying, "Great, let me fire up the side hustle." But it, you you have to proceed uh, with your eyes wide open. Absolutely. You have to know yourself first and foremost. So when I coach individuals, the first thing we do is go through what I call the Know Thyself Kit. And it's a battery of about 30 different tests. It's really important to know who you are, what's important to you, what you value. And I think you have to do that before you think strategically about your career holistically. I think the negatives of having a lot of things going on is time becomes your frenemy. And I mean yeah. that I mean that in a loving way, but yeah. time you have to be ruthless about. Go back to your values, go back to what your strengths are and really focus your time to pair those things up. I think the positives here are back to that original idea of putting all your eggs in one basket. When you're doing multiple things, you're actually insulating your career to some extent because if one of those things goes away, you have other things by which you can fall back on. And I think, you know, the industrial economy where everybody had one day job for 30 years and grad or retired with that gold watch, those days are over. So we have to get good at having multiple things. So I see it as a positive. The challenge again is trying to create it from scratch because it may not exist on paper. Yeah. And, and it's a wonderful opportunity to create something that does honor your values and your skills and your personality and that whole wonderful kit that you just talked about of self-actualization. Well, let's take it, let's take it another direction. How do you avoid burnout? Because you and I have multiple things going and I know that's always a hazard for me. And I really have to honor my self-care because it's not a luxury. It's a necessity. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, being a healthcare professional, this is a huge challenge for people in healthcare right now is burnout. We actually talked about it over at the Pharmacy Podcast about a year ago now. And one of the biggest, I think, ways that I personally manage with it and, you know, preventing burnout in the first place is taking my vacation. Mm. I am very religious about that. So a couple weeks ago, I just went to Scotland for the first time ever. I loved getting in a different environment that's completely off the rails from my day-to-day routine. Because we all as human beings love to get into a routine, but that could turn into a rut. Then we get burned out and then we get to the worst place, which I think is apathy. So if we can get, and you don't have to leave the country necessarily, but you do have to take your vacation, get out of your routine, and that really fires your neurons in different directions. 
I love it. You know, PTO, paid time off, vacation time is a benefit. It's a perk. And and when we leave those those hours, those days, those weeks on the table, we're losing out. So thank you for reinforcing that. And you're right. You don't have to leave the country, but you need to leave the office. <laughs> and, and millennials are the worst at taking their vacation. I don't know if it's a product of seeing their parents laid off or what, but, you know, I encourage students all the time when they're getting ready to go into the professional world hey, you got to take this benefit as an advantage. Because like you said, it's leaving money on the table, except it it's absolutely. leaving your psychic, you know, yeah. uh, capital on the table. Absolutely. And that is so important. Okay, so let's dive into some really cool stuff that you're doing. Tell me about Steamed. I know a lot of our audience may know about STEM or even STEAM, but this is STEAM with an ED at the end. And what inspired you to begin writing for kids? Yeah, so Steamed is kind of an iterative uh, acronym on top of STEM. So STEM, everybody knows, is science, technology, engineering, and math. I don't know if we're getting at everything we need to when it comes to STEM, though. So I added entrepreneurship, art, and design to that acronym. And I think those are critical skills that the 21st century employees and entrepreneurs desperately need. So I, about five years ago now, started researching gender parity and women in STEM careers. I think healthcare is definitely included in that. So I wanted to know why my sisters in STEM were choosing STEM, because there aren't enough of us. And so one commonality I found across all areas of STEM was that women who were girls originally who chose STEM ultimately were voracious readers mm. as girls. So I wanted to create a children's book series to get girls listening to and speaking the language of STEM careers. So this book trilogy now is out and available. It's called The Amazing Adventures of the Princesses from Planet STEM. And in that book series, I introduce girls ages five to nine to about 20 different STEM careers, not to get them to understand things like quantum physics or uh, medicine per se, but to get them thinking about the titles, the language of those careers, and then going off on their own with their parents to investigate what it means to be a STEM professional. So I've loved that opportunity, and it's been really interesting and thought-provoking. And to see these girls go through the books, and by the you know end of a year in school, they're rattling off you know theoretical mathematic, mathematical physics. I I can't even say it that here, but so they're cool. doing it at five years old or six years old, which I think is phenomenal. And if you know we can just get that spark going very early will keep them engaged over the long haul. So tell us how we can buy those books. And also, what is the ideal age group? My niece is seven. So would she be appropriate for yeah, those books? Yeah, she is awesome. absolutely perfect. Um, I have a Square store at AaronAlbert.com. And there's electronic versions of most of those books. One is a coloring book. So it's really nice. a physical book. But uh, they're available on Amazon.com as well. Fantastic. So Aaron, what was your first side hustle? I don't know that about you. And I thought, what a great time to talk about it with a global audience. Yeah, you know, I had to think about that. I think my, <laughs> my first side hustle is I'm an accidental entrepreneur. Yeah. So I was putting together research across the pharmaceutical industry about medical science liaisons. And that's a job that a lot of uh, pharmacists have. And I couldn't find a place to publish the data. 
So I submitted it to a journal. They sat on it for six months. So I pulled it out of frustration and just decided to publish a book on my own. But before I did that, I wanted to form a business to, you know, support that. And lo and behold, 13 publications later, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, that was kind of my first side hustle. I mean, the, the gig my, my parents said with my brother and I was, we never got to go to college. You two will go to college. You will become quote unquote professionals. But then lo and behold, they were entrepreneurs and I became that accidental entrepreneur after that professional you know, college education. So there's my accidental entrepreneurial side hustle well story. Done. Yeah. Well done. Well done. You know, I see you as such a, a wonderful lifelong learner who really craves intellectual challenge and stimulation. At this point, with so many credentials and degrees under your belt, how do you continuously feed your brain? That's a big question too. You know, I just, I love being a learner, although learner isn't my, isn't anywhere near my top five strengths, which is I that find, right? I yeah. Wonder. yeah. I, I'm very futuristic. So I'm constantly yeah. reading about future focused topics, you know, the world of work, career development, mm -hmm. um, entrepreneurship, reading books. You know, my library card is probably one of the best spends that I do all year. Yep. Listening to podcasts like yours, um, like participating within the pharmacy podcast as well, I get exposure to people that I'd never had the opportunity to chat with in my day life. So I appreciate that. But I think pharmacists and healthcare professionals holistically are lifelong learners anyway. When you sign up to become a professional, that's part of it, right? Yeah. So yeah. I just love to learn and there's always something else to, to learn. So whether that's through a book, a podcast, having a one-on-one -on -one conversation, I'll take all of the above. Awesome. So you talked a little bit about self-care and taking your PTO time and honoring your adventurista travel desires, but how do you stay organized? Because clearly you're juggling so many things incredibly well. So what is your strategy to uh, be efficient and productive? Well, again, time being the frenemy here, it's about ruthlessly managing your time, right? Yeah. So Google Calendar, I live and die by. I love my iPhone for that reason that I can, you know, voraciously watch my calendar. I think learning how to say no has been somewhat helpful Yeah. Um, as I, you know, get beyond and into my 40s. Um, and it's been a really tough lesson because I think women love to please everyone, but that could be also a, a detriment, I think. So um, I've just had to learn how to say no and, you know, ruthlessly control the calendar. I think it's brilliant. And, and I'll share this with you. You and I may have even spoken about this offline, but a mentor told me that when we say no, it actually opens up an opportunity for someone else. So think about it that way. You know, you're, you're not uh, saying no and, and the project dies, but you're giving someone else an opportunity to take it on. Yeah. And I know you've had Jenny Blake on your podcast yeah. and her, yeah. one, her approach to kind of one-on-one -on -one time, that 2020 idea, I love that. And I really, you know, when I have that opportunity for a one-on-one -on -one with someone, I really think about both parties benefiting from it. And if it's just a one-way, you know, sometimes you just have to say no to that. But Jenny's approach in getting two minds together to solve two different problems, I think is brilliant. 
Couldn't agree more. So, Aaron, what about a fail forward? We know as entrepreneurs and, and just professionals in general, not everything always works out as planned. And I believe in failing forward, learning from it, being resilient and recovering. And I'd love for you to share a fail forward moment in your career. Yeah, so I had to think about this too. I think one of the biggest ones, and, and really someone recently said something about failure being a gift, and I mm. liked that analogy, and this really was a gift for me. So on my 29th birthday, I was working for a very small startup company. Half of us uh, were asked to go to one room of the organization, and half of us were asked to go to the other room. And the room that I went into, uh, unfortunately, everyone was let go. Wow. Two weeks later, the other room was let go and the, the business actually folded. So I really, uh, the way that I thought about career development at that point radically changed in that I understood that jobs were very fragile Mm-hmm. And that it was super important to know who I am and what I value and what my strengths are, back to that knowing thyself, in order to position yourself for things in the future that you really love, that you're passionate about, that you're here to do. So in that spectacular failure were so many wonderful gifts. And failure doesn't feel like a gift when you're going through it. In the moment, right? Right. But in retrospect, that Kierkegaard moment, you know, it makes sense looking at it retrospectively. It all happened for a reason. And I am so thankful for that gift. Awesome. Good, good cup half full philosophy, too. So let me ask, you are a prolific writer, and I know you've got some great action on social media. Do you ever detox from your cell phone or your digital devices or just social media in general? Yeah, so this was an interesting uh, experiment I did on myself. When I went to Scotland a couple of weeks ago, I didn't get an international cell phone plan. So I kind of had to go off the grid, and it was an interesting experiment. Um, I... I actually see social media and the internet as a huge plus in that, number one, we can almost be in two places at once, which I think is a a superpower. Yeah. But also, you know, as a writer, as a communicator, much like you, Caroline, I love different channels by which that I can talk to my tribes. So social media is another opportunity to do that. And it's just like any other tool. It can be used for good or it can be used for evil, right? So mm-hmm. we want to use it for good. So I'm a big proponent of utilizing it for good and having long-term conversations. Love it. Love it. Erin, you are such a gem. I just treasure you. And I thank you for being a great friend and colleague and inspirational resource in the world. I want to point people toward your amazing website, erinalbert.com. And thank you for spending your time and sharing your expertise on the show today. Thank you, Caroline. It's been interesting and fun to be on the other side of the podcast microphone. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to get this show out into the world. And hey, if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. And even better, leave a comment or a review and let us know what career-related topics you have interest in and we'll address them on a future show. Please tweet me at cdowdhiggins or send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thanks so much for listening.